we, we, we get like a good buffer of just weird vamping before we actually start discussing the episode. I don't oh, know why yeah. we started doing it. Because <laughs> we gotta have it so that we can use it. <laughs> That's true. This this is the part of the episode where we like read random Wikipedia articles or try to buy a helicopter or whatever it is that Cassidy tries to do <laughs> on your guys' show. If any of us owns a helicopter, I would like to know about it. <laughs> if I owned a helicopter... Yada da 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 Honestly, if I had owned a helicopter, that would be nice, because it'd probably be easier to save my partners, because they all live far away. <laughs> Charlie, start a, start a GoFundMe to buy yourself a helicopter to see your partners. <laughs> I've, had enough of, I've had enough of JetBlue and Delta and Southwest losing my luggage. I would like to fly there myself, please. Air Charlie. <laughs> and you know, it's already been discussed on my other podcast that if I owned a helicopter, I would chase down Dean Kane. You know, it'd probably be cheaper anyway instead of flying to California uh, just a bunch. If I could fly there myself. <laughs> yeah. California is pretty far from Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Statistically, Yes. It's about 3,000 miles. I know, because I checked. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Takes about 45 hours to drive there. That's gonna be like, what? Jeez. Two days? <laughs> Non-stop? That, that, is, that is almost exactly two hours of driving, and that's without brakes. That's like, you You could do that in theory if you had at least three people so that you could take shifts of driving and then the others could be sleeping right, or like keeping you awake. <laughs> I'll find three people who would drive across the country with me so I, so I can visit my boyfriend. <laughs> I guarantee you'll be able to find other people who have partners in California. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Put out an alert for people, put out an alert among the people of the Eastern Seaboard, say, hey, I need to see my partner who's in Connecticut, not Connecticut, you're in Connecticut, I need to see my partner who's in California, who wants to, who wants to tag team road trip. We're going to reenact the plot of the wizard. Wait, I, I don't know what the plot of the wizard is, Tanner. Uh, the plot of the wizard is there's a uh, there's a little boy who is obsessed with going to California because there's a Super Mario Bros tournament there, but also that's oh, where his yeah! sister died when he was a baby, and oh. so him and his older brother and this cool gamer girl that they find basically hitchhike their way from like the Midwest to California via busking by uh, pres- impressing people with his skills at the Mario arcade machines. Incredible. Hmm. I don't think I've ever seen it, but I remember watching someone talk about it. It's the movie that the Power Glove is from. Ah, yes. Hmm. Yes. But unfortunately, this is not the gamer episode, so... No. (laughs) (laughs) Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff this show, Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out why we love this show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening. 
You're listening to Loser Like Me Loser Like Me Hello and welcome to Loser Like Me, a Glee recap and review podcast. It's the podcast where uh, today is not Valentine's Day despite the episode. Today, actually, tomorrow... It, I was going to say today birthday is Labor Day, but actually tomorrow birthday is Larbo Day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tanner and I have homosexual hair. <laughs> I'm Christina. And that was the first time anyone sang me a love song and it made me feel like crap. But we are not the only ones on this podcast today. Friend guest, wouldst thou like to introduce thyself? I don't know why I went grand fair. <laughs> yes, hello, I am a Charlie, my pronouns are he, sir, or he, him, and I don't have a way to introduce myself in this episode based on what happened in the episode. I like love songs. <laughs> yeah, Good, I think I'm that's glad. why you're on this episode. <laughs> yes. I think, I think we were talking, and I was like, Charlie, what kind of general concepts of the universe do you like? And you were like, love? And I'm like, great, we got a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to be more specific, Charlie. <laughs> do you want soap opera love? Do you want touching love? Like, like heartfelt love? Do you want... Do you want just absolute, absolute reality show bullshit love? <laughs> I feel like there was all of that in this episode. Mm -hmm. Everyone in this episode was down bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Including, at certain points, myself. We'll get there. <laughs> Wait, Tanner, what did you say? Everyone was what? Bad? Everyone on this episode was down bad. Down bad? Yes, that's, that's the cool new slang for when you have a crush on someone, apparently. Is this, is this a TikTok thing? I don't know what is and isn't a TikTok anymore. All I know is that Kurt is down bad for Blaine, and Finn is down bad for Quinn, and Puck is down bad for Lauren, and Santana is down bad for causing chaos. <laughs> As you should. Santana's down bad for having a beard. Yes. Anyway, we should probably actually talk about this episode instead of providing completely out of context uh, non sequiturs. <laughs> Yes, but first we have to ask the two questions, or the one and a half, the two-part question of our guest, which is, Charlie, do you have any experience with Glee, either the TV show or the extracurricular? So, my experience with Glee was, when I was in high school, I had friends who were super into the show, like, they would talk about it all the time, and I just didn't watch it, because I was like, I, just, I don't know why I didn't watch it, because it feels like something I would have loved back in high school. Like, this seems like something I would have really enjoyed, but for some reason, I just didn't watch it at all. I, I listened to them talk about it, but I never watched it myself. A safe choice. A safe choice. Yeah, honestly, that seems to be common. A lot of people come on here and they're like, I had friends who watched the show, and you know they were never the same after that, so I'm glad I escaped. <laughs> I mean, it was either the friends that were into Glee, or it was the friends that were into anime, and I went with the anime. Valid. <laughs> Probably better, choice. depending on what kind of anime. <laughs> well, I started watching Magical Girl anime really uh, hard in high school, so I think that was a, a, a plus. Absolutely the better yes. choice. Yes. Yes. <laughs> There was never a glee club at my school, but I did choir. Like, oh, nice! A little similar, I think. 
I was in choir for like almost all of uh, school. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. And then I was, I was in choir after I graduated, like my hometown. And then I stopped and now I, I, I want to go back because I really enjoy singing. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I just haven't had the chance to do it with COVID and everything. It's hard to do it yeah. now. That, that's, yeah. a, that's a mood, Charlie. <laughs> that's a mood. <laughs> Not to date this episode. I feel like there are virtual choirs out there, but I don't know how that would work. Yeah. I I feel like, at least like for me personally, the thing about a virtual choir is that like the reason why I enjoy why I enjoy like performing live music is like the camaraderie of being in a physical space and creating music together. And yeah. it's it's not it's just not the same if you're like all doing it through a YouTube video or, like, TikTok duets and stuff. Yeah, that was one of my yeah. favorite things, was singing with people and just the the general vibe of it. It was really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> Enough reminiscing. Enough being sad. <laughs> Previously on Glee, the teens are horny. Wait, Tanner. Yes. I feel like we should mention that this episode was directed by Brad Falchuk and written by Ian Brennan, who so far... Oh, no, wait, no, no, that was the wrong episode. Episode directed by Tate Donovan, written by Ryan Murphy, showing surprising restraint. (laughs) And also, this episode aired on February 11th of 2010, because I guess they had to get it out- No, it aired on February 8th of 2011. Look, time isn't real. I also want to clarify, I didn't watch any other episode of Glee. This is the only episode of Glee I've ever seen in my life. Good. Ideal experience is all of it or just one. (laughs) Honestly, Glee Out of Context is kind of becoming, like, the brand for our guests, and I support that. We've had so many people come on the show who are like, this is the only episode that I'm ever going to watch of Glee. I feel like I need to now write to Netflix and, or wherever people are getting their they're watching episodes from i feel like i need to write and tell them like can you please invent a purge this from my watch history option so that it does (laughs) not poison my algorithm anymore no you see the thing is is that i would watch more but only because i'm weirdly i some of this is just weirdly fascinating i just want to know where it goes Mm-hmm. Kind of like a car wreck. I want to see what happens. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're not wait until next season, Charlie. <laughs> wait for the PSA next season. Oh, <laughs> All right. So yes, previously on Glee, teens be horny. Teens be horny, and the girls quit Cheerios. <laughs> yes. Yep. Now we can see them in their civvies. Yes. I mean, I get it. If someone's gonna shoot me out of a cannon. <laughs> yeah yeah we open up on uh puck gazing dreamily at lauren he's doing an internal monologue about how there's only two things he knows first off never punch a cop which is wrong you wrong punch a cop punch a cop yes, punch a cop second off that he is really in love with lauren zeises when she rescued him from a porter potty last month or two months ago or however long ago mm-hmm. uh she had him do seven minutes in heaven but then she only gave him three minutes because he was, like, really unimpressive. <laughs> yeah, I guess he's yeah. a bad kisser. Also, he definitely still smelled like porta potty I am 90% certain he took a shower. He is way less grimy than he was when he was found. Hmm. This is what Glee Podcasting does to a motherfucker. You try and figure out the continuity of their, like, hygiene habits. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. We get to see a little bit of my favorite thing about their prospective relationship, which is that Lauren's Ices is like, okay, but you're going to have to work up to meet my standards. Hell yeah. Yeah, she, she drops the empty box of chocolates on his desk. These all sucked. But you ate them. I had to make sure they all sucked. <laughs> <laughs> we love Lauren's Ices. I really did like her a lot in this episode. She's so good. My one experience with her, she's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next scene. Okay, listen, I yeah. I don't know how to explain this. And you know, maybe this is just me doing wish fulfillment. Yes, Tanner. But Finn Finn Hudson in this episode seems to be at his most bisexual. <laughs> I mean, in his in the first scene of the episode, he did do finger guns, Tanner. Exactly. That's true. <laughs> and I don't want to just rely on stereotypes, but there's a conflux of things that just made me go, oh, okay then. Yeah, yeah. As a bisexual that has finger guns, I, I, I know when I can spot another. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you spotted a lot of them this episode, Charlie. <laughs> For sure. So in like this introductory scene for the episode, Finn's walking through the hallway doing big charming smiles at everyone because he's like, hey, since we won the football championship, everyone loves me now because I'm the quarterback. Even though last episode I said that it was a group effort and I just forgot about that apparently. And he's like, girls are throwing themselves at me. And it's it's very sweet because everyone's favorite cheerleader, Becky Jackson, gives Finn a little candy heart that says be mine and she's like will you be my valentine he's like I'll keep you posted and she just like yes fist pump and then I get to be disappointed in Finnethy because he's like but what if I cheated on Sam with Quinn (laughs) like what what if I what if I what if I kissed Quinn which would mean that she would be cheating on Sam no no go back to what if I cheated on Sam (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for, for context charlie like like four or five episodes ago sam and finn were in like post football practice ice baths side by side ah they okay. were in like <laughs> swimming trunks be- when they got out of the ice bath but still but yeah so finn he just has like a pail of candy hearts in his locker because i guess all the girls are giving him valentine's in the exact same way <laughs> I guess so. Just one candy heart. Probably a solid half of those are from Rachel. That would make sense. She's just she's sneaking them through like the slats in the locker. <laughs> no, she couldn't. She can't reach that high. Oh my gosh. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, it's time for it's time for a happy and jaded Valentine's Day trope. <laughs> yes. We cut to Blaine and Kurt then at the coffee shop, which is apparently called the Lima Bean. And Kurt's like, ugh, Valentine's Day. It sucks and it's all just an excuse for free candy on the 15th. And Blaine is like, I love it because it's an, it's a socially acceptable excuse to sing to people in public. And also <laughs> love. Yes. <sighs> yeah, he's like, Kurt, there's a boy I like in my life who I'm really close to. And I have feelings for him. And I'd really like to sing my feelings at this boy. And Kurt's like, oh, really? Tell me more. And Blaine is like, I'll tell you later. In the meantime, would you like the coffee that I ordered for you? Because I know your order. Yes. I. So when I saw this scene, I did think, I bet it's not Kurt. Because like, Kurt thinks that it's him. But I'm like, I'm sh- mm-hmm. I think it's not going to end up being him. I think 
he just thinks it because of this. And I was correct. (laughs) 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 To borrow our friend's catchphrase, stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and he also, I did make a note that he's still rich because he pays for Kurt's coffee as well. Yep. Warblers pay to play, pass it on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They come from old money, old as balls. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get this week's theme. Anyone want to guess what the theme is? Brittany. Is it love? And then she says, I'm gonna graduate. (laughs) But the theme is, this week you're gonna pick a partner and then sing what you think is the world's greatest love song to them. And of course, everyone who's in relationships is excited. And the single ones are born out of their skulls. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I don't know what song I would sing in this situation. Yeah. I don't know what I would sing either. Especially because, like... It's all dependent on what kind of love you're wanting to express, you know? Yeah. I know too many love songs. I would want to sing them all. (laughs) I would probably just go with I'll Melt With You, which is, like, usually cited as the world's greatest love song. The song that goes, I'll stop the world and melt with you? Yeah. I've seen the difference and it's getting better all the time. (laughs) There's nothing you or I would do. Stop the world and I'll melt with you. (laughs) Thinking about that song, it's weird there was a running theory that it was about like falling in love before the bombs dropped what oh my god yeah jesus christ i just like remembering that it was from sky high yes the first time i heard it was in a cadbury commercial (laughs) incredible which is good because cadbury's are one of your love languages tanner (laughs) what what if you bought me three bags worth of three kilogram size bags of cadbury mini eggs and we kissed and we were both and we were both looking like boys. <laughs> Speaking I don't have a segue for the rest of the scene. So Finn is like, hey Mr. Shu, I would just like to say that no one has bullied us since for the past week since we won the football game two days ago. So <laughs> Yeah. So I wanna give back to the community, by which I mean the Glee Club. Uh, since all the girls love me, I'm going to set up Netflix as the kissing booth <laughs> and and raise money to help us get to nationals or regional. What is it? Raise money. Money for Gleeks. I don't know if this is a controversial statement I'm about to make, but I don't get why Finn is so popular. He's tall. I guess. He's tall and he's the quarterback. He's tall and he's an idiot. All right. Because <laughs> I'm looking at him, I'm like, I don't know. I, I can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess being tall does work for some people. <laughs> it's the inherent eroticism of a height difference. It's the, is he good looking or is he tall? Hmm. <laughs> is he good looking or am I just at an airport? <laughs> what does that mean? I don't get that, Tanner. <laughs> it was, it was, that was a meme that I saw the other day and I saw it. And I immediately thought back to the one time that I went to, me and Ryan were visiting Lindsay while she still lived in Ottawa, and the whole time I was completely distracted because there was, like, a whole-ass university rugby team on the same flight, and they're all oh, good-looking no. guys. I'm sitting like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't seduce anyone here. This is not an overnight flight. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry that you had to be in an airplane with an unknown number of hot guys and couldn't do anything about it, Tanner. <laughs> an uncalculatable number of hot guys. <laughs> Someday your romance movie will come. 
Yay. Never give up. Oh no, you and the rugby team got stopped on, you have to take a layover flight, and then, oh no, the plane can't fly until tomorrow morning, and they put you all up at the same hotel, oh no. And there's only one bed. <laughs> For all of you? <laughs> That's a different movie. That's an absolutely different movie. <laughs> it's, it's either horny. Or it's an 80s movie about men on a road trip. So horny. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm saying that as someone whose first R-rated movie was Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which was R-rated for language. <laughs> and because my dad didn't realize that it was R-rated. What, what if we were on a road trip and we kissed and we were both rugby players? <laughs> Just kidding. Unless... <laughs> That, that means that you would have to take up rugby. Oh no, I can't. <laughs> Not my beautiful face. <laughs> oh god, we've gotten so far off track. I'm sorry, it's all my fault. <laughs> no, Charlie, this happens a lot. Okay. Um. Anyways, was there anything that happened after he said he was gonna set up Netflix as the kissing booth? Um. And but I will be referring to it exclusively as that. My other note for this scene was like. Someone's gonna end up sick. They're high schoolers. It's February. It's cold. Theoretically, yeah. in Ohio. But then Mercedes and Santana call Finn out for wanting to set up Netflix's The Kissing Booth. And yeah. then Finn's like, actually, turn about Santana. Why do you always criticize people, but you can't take it? And someone says, last week, you told Mr. Shu that he should be in a 12-step program. And she's like, he's addicted to vests. <laughs> <laughs> And then Rachel says some really nasty shit about Santana. Yeah, like, yeah. Ev everyone else has justified call-out posts for Santana. It's not a post, they're saying it in real life, but I have brain rot. <laughs> but okay. Rachel's the one who says, I don't care if you said that the only role on Broadway I'll get is in Willow the Musical, because the only job you'll ever get is being on a pole. And I'm like, Rachel, once again, proving that you're the worst <sighs> character on the show, you have gone too far. Yes. Yes. And this yes. this is the comment that like sends Santana outside and she starts crying and has to be comforted by Brittany. Mm -hmm. And Santana's like, I just try to be really honest with people when I think that they suck. <laughs> <laughs> but also, oh no, someone says something to get through her hard shell of an exterior. <laughs> and then while this is going on, Puck asks Lauren if they can go out, and she's like, no, you have to woo me. Yes. I wrote down, because she specifically says, like, breadsticks isn't good enough for me. I spell woman Z-I-S-E-S, -S, and I need to be wooed. Do you understand me? Wooed. And then she leaves, and he's like, damn, what a woman. Or something. Yeah. He's down bad. I did not realize breadsticks was the name of like a place. I was I just thought she was talking about mm -hmm. the actual food breadsticks and I'm like <laughs> Yeah, I guess if someone just tried to woo me with just breadsticks. A bouquet of breadsticks. <laughs> I guess it depends on how good they are. I mean look, you know breadsticks the restaurant sells those in universe. Well, I hope they do. But it is, I was I just thought she meant the food. I'm like, I guess it's <laughs> Just getting breadsticks for someone <laughs> isn't enough. Let's be real. Puck would do that. He would just give someone a handful of loose breadsticks. <laughs> Speaking of, I guess, wooing. <laughs> yes. Cut to Kurt at Dalton, and he is doodling his and Blaine's names in a heart. So cute. Because, bruh. He's besotted. 
He's Ooh, child. Bad. He's down bad. He's <laughs> down bad. <laughs> and then Blaine comes up to him excitedly, like, Kurt, we have an emergency warblers meeting. And Kurt's like, okay. And then it turns out that he's convened this meeting of the Warblers Council to ask for permission for them to go sing off campus, specifically to serenade his crush, who works at the Gap. Yes. Yeah, well, okay, so first, first he just says that he wants to serenade the person off campus at the Gap. And they're like, we, we, the Warblers haven't performed an off-campus uh, ever since the 1927 <laughs> when the spirit of St. Louis overcame the tarmac and plowed through seven of us during an impromptu performance of Welcome to Ohio, Lucky Lindy. Yeah. This is so wild. And then Kurt is like, okay, okay, but c- counterpoint. Mm-hmm. The Warblers are so obsessed with tradition. That tradition that <laughs> you don't have the confidence to perform outside of the campus, mm-hmm. and this could help build character for when we go to regionals. Like in the mm-hmm. New Directions, we performed in front of like uh, hostile crowds all the time. I once got a live cat thrown at me. It's fine, whatever. Anyways, Blaine, why are we singing at the Gap? And Blaine's like, Oh, well, the boy I work, the boy I work for is in love there. <laughs> <laughs> The boy I'm in love with works there as a junior manager. Yeah. And I, I, I want to make specific mention of the fact that Blaine calls the warblers privileged porcelain birds on a gilded shelf. Very good. <laughs> but yeah, uh, they, they all agree to what Blaine decides to call the warblers gap attack. Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, Blaine. <laughs> yeah. He's doing his best. <laughs> He's making an effort. Anyway, it's time for Diva Night! Girls Night! Yeah, all Kizmu is commiserating about being single. Well, two of them are. Yeah, one of them's just resentful. Yes. Well, no, Mercedes isn't resentful. She's just. No, like, I was saying Rachel was resentful. Oh, yes, Ra- Rachel is resentful. Yeah, because Kurt is like, oh, I made up this entire flirt mance in my head. And Rachel's like, I totally understand what you mean. I'm going to give Finn $100 and he won't be able to make change. And then we'll just have to make out in the hallway. Yup, <laughs> he sure did say that. And uh. Mercedes, always the voice of reason, is like, Rachel, we're not talking about your problems right now. We're talking about Kurt's problems. And she's like, oh, sorry. And Mercedes points out, like, look, all of our idols took their pain of being single and they turned it into musical talent and sometimes you'd need to choose between love and talent yeah mm-hmm. and like but you can have both it's possible yeah. maybe not in high school but <laughs> mercedes's point was like don't assume that you don't have talent because you're single like they're not connected okay okay that sounds better. Yeah, like at least that, that's that's the sense that I got because like the other thing she says that all of our idols were famous before they were in love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to rely on one to get the other. Oh gosh, this next scene. <laughs> I can't tell if that's an excited reaction or a sad reaction, Charlie. <laughs> it's, I don't know why he picked the song. Like the movie started singing it and I'm like, I don't feel like this is the kind of song I would want to be sung to me. I'm speaking of a no, not her. Uh, what the fuck is this man's name? Puck. 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 <laughs> it rhymes with fuck. This <laughs> <laughs> is probably why they picked it. Yeah. It's, listen, it's, it's pretty unsubtle. Yeah. Puck is singing Fat Bottom Girls by Queen. 
and it's very clearly to Lauren. And Lauren becomes, like, bashful for the first time, probably in her life. And all the other girls are vacillating between confused and, like, giving impressed looks to Lauren. Like, oh, girl, you got Puck, dang. (laughs) What did you say to get him to try and actually try to woo you? (laughs) Yeah. And, like, the song's, like, it's good. It is kind of an objectifying song by, like, default. Yeah. But it sounds good, and everyone's having a good time. Except for Santana. Yes. <laughs> who's sitting here in the corner trying to bury herself deeper into her jacket or whatever she was wearing. <laughs> she has a fashionable winter vest for Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, everyone leaves after the song, and Puck's like, oh, I sang this song for you, because you're fat, and you're hot, and you're fat. And Lauren's yeah. like, that yeah. was the first time someone ever sang me a love song, and it made me feel like crap. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Poor Lauren. Yeah, poor Lauren. Yeah. Anyways, time for Netflix's The Kissing Booth to obstruct traffic. <laughs> yeah. This is just in the middle of the hallway. It is smack yep. dab in a, on a hallway intersection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The kissing toll. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, to go to class you have to both kiss me and pay me a dollar. <laughs> if you want to kiss me, you must first solve my riddle. <laughs> riddle me kiss. <laughs> Quick, trade market, trade market, so they can't have it. <laughs> but yeah, so and Becky gives him a dollar, and she's like, "I want tongue." And Finn just kisses her on the cheek. It looks like all the kisses were just kisses on the cheek. No, she she shows up with, like, a sheaf of dollar bills. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And he just takes one and he's like, I'm just going to kiss you on the cheek. And then she's like, yay! It's really cute. Becky Jackson is great. <laughs> uh, and then he he puts up the brake sign so that he can uh, uh, floss and brush. You know, oral hygiene is important to everybody. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then Quinn storms up and she's like, I know what you're doing. This is a scheme to make me kiss you. And Finn, like, he gets down real low and he looks at her. And he's like, he's being all sultry. And he's like, yes, to bend down to be on her eye level. <laughs> Look, listen, okay, the Cory Monteith is acting real sultry. He's like, do you want to kiss me? And I'm like, okay, hang on, Cory. Fucking, now I'm down bad. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, no. I refuse. She goes, I'm not kissing you. I have a boyfriend. And Finn, I don't know why, but Finn says, your boyfriend is a boy. And I'm like, what does this mean, Finn? (laughs) Finn is not a boy. This is another part of the conflicts of elements making me think, oh, you're bisexual. I don't think straight guys can flirt that well. (laughs) Also, this is like the second time on the show that Finn has successfully flirted. On purpose. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you can when you try. <laughs> mm-hmm. Only if the person he's flirting with has pre-existing feelings for him. Yes. <laughs> and then Sam is in the background and he's like, concerned. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then we get to cut to the library where Sam was like, okay, what was going on? And she's like, look, it was nothing. We were talking. And he's like, your faces were way too close to be only talking. <laughs> he says, why didn't you kiss Finn for the kissing booth to support Glee Club? And she's like, because I didn't want to. And he's like, look, I'm pretty, but I ain't dumb. Like, I might not be smart, but I'm not dumb about I'm pretty, you. but I'm not stupid. Yes. 
And then she's like, fine, I'll go kiss my ex. It's fine. And he's like, I don't know what just happened here. (laughs) And then back after the Netflix's The Kissing Booth has resumed, Rachel is there for the kiss. And Finn's like, are you sure you can handle this? And Rachel's like, yep, I am focusing on myself. And this is purely a platonic kiss to help support Glee Club. No feelings at all. And then he kisses her on the cheek and she's like, Why did you kiss me on the cheek and not the mouth? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I thought you didn't have feelings for me anymore. And she's like, of course I do, Finn. Obviously. All the girls in the back disappointed when he turns to sign to go talk to her. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, come on. Yeah. I just want to kiss this hot guy. I don't got any drama with him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you should have put a sign up that said no X's. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gives her her Christmas present wait after they like walk off to the side of the hallway continuing to block traffic presumably she says why can't you just forgive me already and he's like well you cheated on me and that's pretty serious but here have this Christmas present that I ordered before we broke up and it just got here on February 10th or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's really bold that he's like, I can't forgive you for cheating. Considering what happens later in this episode that he does, I'm like... Yeah. He he <laughs> justifies it, so... Does he? Uh, uh. <laughs> Look, the, the, th- the thing about Finn Hudson, Charlie... <laughs> yes. Is that his, his brain... Is the window screen saver. <laughs> and so often, it's just, like his brain cell is just kind of bouncing around in there. And sometimes, once in a while, it'll hit a corner and he'll have a concrete thought. <laughs> or common sense will strike him like lightning from the blue. But a lot of time, he's just kind of, he's just kind of out there. Mm, okay. <laughs> I he's a himbo. Yes. But yeah, he gives her her Christmas present, and it's a star necklace, and he says, just because I can't trust you anymore doesn't mean I don't believe in you. He he white fangs Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> he says, like, I, I wrote this down word for word. He says, let's face it, Rachel, you don't need me or any other guy to anchor you to Lima. You're better than anyone else at the school. You're a real star, and you need to shine. Just because I can't be with you doesn't mean I don't believe in you. Now get out of here. I don't want you anymore. Go back with your- you should be with the other dogs. (laughs) Go be with your own kind. The theater kids on Broadway. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, no, probably more specifically, the theater kids stage adoring on Broadway. (laughs) Yeah, true. And then after this, we cut to Mike and Artie. It's time for happiness. Yeah, time time for just- as they say- who would have thought that we'd be with the two coolest girls in school and have absolutely no drama? <laughs> yes. I'm so happy for them. Like, when I saw that, so I'm like, I'm glad that there's some, like, happy couples in this show. Like, mm-hmm. good for them. Good for them. Yeah. I don't know if things go terribly in the future. I've only seen this one episode. But I like <laughs> to believe that they're still happy. <laughs> Honestly, I think even when these couples break up, it's pretty understanding. Amicable. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Mm-hmm. But for the time being, Artie does sing PYT, Pretty Young Thing, while mm-hmm. Mike does a dance around him. Mm-hmm. There's a point where they're kind of like dancing down the hallway, and there's a point where Mike does like a wall run on the lockers. 
Yes. Yeah. And he does some like Michael Jackson moves and stuff and it's very cool. And my note here is just everyone has a good time when Mike Chang is featured in a performance. Yeah. I had a good time. And then they finish the number and Britney's in Artie's lap and she goes, that's my man. His legs don't work. Uh, implying that she has gotten over her incessant need for him to be able to walk just because he, she asked Santa for it. Look, that was two episodes ago. She probably forgot. <laughs> this oh is also true. Oh my god. I did not realize that was okay. Also in the background, Finn just shouts, Tenderoni! Yeah. And I think also Tina says something about, oh, I'm so in love, I may just start crying. Oh yeah, that. Which put Stay a pin tuned. in that, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Blood, 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 kill, 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 slaughter, <laughs> no, slaughter, slaughter. No, I would, uh, if it's okay with you two, I would like to introduce this scene. Please yes. do. Please. So Santana goes up to, to Puck in the hallway and she says, guess what, Puck? I went to Jared and you're going to pay for it because I'd like my beard back, please. <laughs> <laughs> and Puck is like, no, I'm not paying for you. And I'm not paying for jewelry that you bought for yourself because we're not together. And Santana's like, oh, well, then I maybe I won't tell Lauren about posters looking for the endangered white rhino. And Lauren shows up behind her. She's like, heard you starting shit. And Santana, like, does that thing where you, like, lightly slap someone on the face after trying to, like, smack talk. And Lauren, like, takes off her glasses and, like, holds them over her shoulder slowly. And then we get a kick his ass, baby, I got your glasses! (laughs) She literally does babe hold my flower. Yes. And then she just ruckuses Santana. She fucking kicks her ass. I was so surprised. <laughs> Lauren is like the three-time state champion of Greco-Roman wrestling. <laughs> the only time Santana gets to move in is when she bites Lauren's leg. Yeah. Yep. She gets destroyed. She just gets thrown around. <laughs> she just like repeatedly throws Santana into lockers. And there's a point where like Santana manages to like pin Lauren against a locker and she tries to like pull her by her hoodie and Lauren is just standing there like, this isn't gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting this to happen. <laughs> The one thing I, I also want to say is that right before they start, Santana tries to threaten Lauren by saying that she's from Lima Heights adjacent, which is the wrong side of the tracks. And, okay, Santana, that's a lie, because you already said that your dad is a rich dentist way back at the beginning of the season. So either yeah. you're lying about where you live, or Lima Heights adjacent is just, like, the most gentrified neighborhood in the town. Yeah. Anyway, Santana gets her ass kicked. She does! down the hallway into Beast's feet. <laughs> And Beast is basically like, just stop it, please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my two notes here are that, one, they did have a stunt performer who was getting slammed into lockers because I saw their face visible underneath Santana's <laughs> long, long wig. <laughs> but I think Naya also did some of the stunts for this, too, because, like, there were times when you could tell, like, it was, like, obviously her face, and there were times when you could tell that it was a stunt person's face. But also, let Lauren be a Power Ranger! (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Things you don't see Power Rangers doing enough, just absolutely beating the shit out of people who are bullying them. (laughs) Put Lauren in the fucking, the Marvel movies, the Arrowverse, just something. Give her something, please. I agree. I just met Lauren, but already I love her. (laughs) (laughs) 
so the scene ends with a beast slinging Santana over her shoulder to take her to the nurse's office. <laughs> and then Puck is just like, please go out with me. I'm in love with you. And Lauren's like, you need to make a formal presentation. Mm-hmm. She's like, did you not hear me at the beginning of the episode where I told you I wanted to be wooed? Yeah, you gotta work for it. Come on. I wonder if this is also Lauren, like, consistently, like, moving the goalposts to keep Puck at an arm's length. It, I really do feel that way. Because, like, I want her to be, I want her to be happy. And I wonder if she knows that, like, ha- like long-term happiness is not going to come from being in a relationship with Puck. <laughs> But anyway. Teenagers. Yeah. Time for more teenagers. Yeah, yeah time, time for... Teenagers. Well, uh, once again at Netflix's The Kissing Booth, Quinn arrives and she slams a dollar in front of Finn. And she's like, it is time for us to kiss platonically. Mm-hmm. And Finn is like, finally, <laughs> I've been waiting for you. And then Sam shows up. And he's like, I'm going to watch this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm here to watch. Not in I, a weird way, though. <laughs> I would like to quote the ancient texts paraphrased and then say Finn and Quinn were in the middle of the hallway kissing and Sam was watching (laughs) (laughs) because the scene is something straight out of my immortal (laughs) because it's like Sam's like I'm here to chaperone you kissing my girlfriend because I don't trust either of you and Finn's like do you want to (laughs) watch No, he he walks up and announces he's gonna watch, and Finn looks at him and just goes, pervert. Yeah. <laughs> and then Sam says, chaperone. Also, boyfriend. Yeah. So they do a quick peck on the lips, which is the only lip kiss that we have seen Finn do, and then fireworks happen. Yeah. Yeah, they get stuck in a tilt-shift firework explosion effect. <laughs> And then they they go to walk away, and Sam's like, okay, everything good? And Quinn's like, yeah, I just forgot my purse real quick. And then she runs back to Finn, and she's like, meet me in the auditorium at 7pm, or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like... (sighs) Anyways. It's time for the gap attack! It's time for the gap attack. If Blaine and Jeremiah got married, then he would get 50% discount. Yeah! That's the gap! Yeah. Blaine, honey, <laughs> which of you is the musical improv bomber and which of you has the gap discount? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a flash mob. Remember remember 2011 and flash mobs? Yes. Yes, I, yes, do. I do. Jinx. The whole year was a never-ending flash mob. Mm-hmm. They sing When I Get You Alone by Robin Thicke. By the colossal motherfucker, Robin Thicke. Here, here's here's the funky fresh take is that I actually like this song, but only in a vacuum. Only when the woman is <laughs> singing it and divorce and divorce it from even the context of the episode. Yeah, that's fair. And of course, he has to sing a song about that's technically about a woman to another guy because I don't know anything. Where's the gay songs? Yeah, like <sighs> Blaine, Blaine. I thought you were advanced enough to at least change pronouns. Yeah, that was weird. I'm like, why did he at least change the pronouns in the song? I was singing. Yeah. Also, this is a real horny song, and we are yeah. not a place of business. Yes, there is some yep. part of like, Jesus Christ, why are you singing? I, I would like to apply the zoo rule to this, which is do not ask someone out who cannot physically run away when you are asking them. Because, like, the, the warbler is just, like, pop out of the displays at the gap like daisies. And they menace 
poor Jeremiah throughout his workplace until he's Ooh, he finally- he is trying to escape. Yes. He, does, he ends up stuck behind the checkout counter. And Blaine continues to be a menace to furniture everywhere. <laughs> I have some trivia about this when, for, whenever we're done discussing this scene. Is it where the pink sunglasses came from? Or is what is it a reference and they already existed? I mean, it, it, yes, that is one of them. <laughs> There's a part in the musical number where they like waltz by a rack of sunglasses and it's like, oh, Blaine picks out a pair of pink sunglasses. Hmm, how coincidental. Darren Chris's trademark pink sunglasses, of which I wow. own a Starkid branded pair, were featured in this episode of Glee. Okay. But I'm not wearing them because I don't know where they are. They're somewhere in my apartment. But also, apparently, the fact that they featured the gap in this episode netted everyone incredible discounts. It's true. <laughs> it was it 50%? In the behind the glee for this episode, Chris Gulford was like, they gave us all so many discounts that I just bought baby clothes. I don't have a baby. I don't know anyone who has a baby, but why not? <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> I guess why not? If, if, you, if you're able to. Put them on your dog. <laughs> that's true he could have put them on his dog when his dog was a puppy dogs in baby clothes it's cute that's just pokemon in clothes yeah yeah but yeah that's it but yeah so then outside the gap blaine is like was that too much and then jeremiah walks out and jeremiah's like blaine you got me fired yeah so yes it was yeah you know, it wasn't really his fault he got flash mobbed but I, I, the bosses in retail don't care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been flash mobbed at your place of work? No. No. The thought terrifies me, especially at my current workplace. There's nowhere that they could put a flash mob. I work primarily out in the parking lot, so I feel like that'd be super dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been flash mobbed at your place at work? Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Just waiting for that day. I've been normal mobbed. Oh no. Wait, what? Yeah, because we had the special Rough Riders brand football cereal, and so everyone needed the cereal, and... Ah. Ah, okay. Anyways, yeah, Jeremiah... Also, this is another instance of Blaine not understanding the concept of some people do not advertise that they're the gay to the entire world, because Jeremiah's like, I am not out at work. And Blaine's like, oh. And then Kurt in the background is like, but your hair... And I'm like, shut up, Kurt. <laughs> uh, look, this is not the first time that Kurt has associated someone's hair with their sexuality. Also, this is an adult man. Because he's like, we couldn't date because then I would go to jail. And I'm like, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. Blaine, why are you pursuing an adult? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hope he's not like... Props to this man for being like, no, that's not ever gonna happen, my dude. You mm-hmm. are an A minor. Let's do math. Blaine is a sophomore, so he's 16 at the oldest. I feel like Jeremiah would be like 19. So it's yeah. not a severe 19, age 20. gap. It's not yeah. a severe age gap, but it's enough to make you concerned. Yes. Yeah. It's a bigger age gap because they are 16 and 20 rather than like 24 mm-hmm. and 28, which is yeah. probably their actual ages. Yes. Yeah. So I'm glad it didn't work out for a plane. Yeah. Me too, Charlie. But speaking speaking of different gays, <laughs> Santana is alone during Valentine's week and she is furious. 
But then she sees that Quinn has her queen bitch smile, and she mm-hmm. sees that Finn has a weird face that he only really makes when he's guilty. Holy shit, they're fooling around with each other. Yeah, and then she's yep. like, this is the perfect opportunity for revenge. Yeah. I know what cheating looks like, I do it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> These teens. So then, she pivots her monologue into how she loves to volunteer at the local hospital, and not just because you get a sweet candy striper outfit from it. Yes! <sighs> she goes to the nurse's office, and she's like, are there any sick patients that I can help? And the nurse is like, oh, this one kid has mono, but you can't go in there, it's highly contagious. And she's like, please, I've had mono so many times, it turned into stereo. Yep. <laughs> it's probably not good. I've nope. had mono. I think I had mono once. It was not pleasant. I have not. I got it when I was, like, a really young child. Me too! <laughs> and it was, uh, I would have had to go to karate later that evening when they realized I had mono, and they're like, you can't go, because Tanner, like, one of the symptoms of mono is an enlarged spleen, and if Tanner gets hit wrong, the spleen could burst. Oh, oh no! no! That's terrible. I'm glad your spleen didn't burst. Yeah, yeah same. <laughs> but they're also like, it's the kissing disease. Who have you been kissing, Tanner? And I'm like, I'm seven. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And if if I remember correctly, I think this is when I had mono. It could be a different disease, though. But they gave me, like, an antibiotic treatment or something to, like, flush it out of my system. And it worked in getting rid of the mono. Um, and like making it not contagious at all but I did have an allergic react a smaller allergic reaction to one of the ingredients in the medicine and so the next morning I woke up and I'm like hey mom remember how the doctor said the medicine might have side effects and she's like yeah what's wrong and she looks at me I'm just covered in these bright red splotches oh no (laughs) but like I feel fine and and I'm not like itchy or anything and we call the doctor and doctor's like I mean that's a lot but it's not out of the ordinary and like as long as Tanner feels fine they can go do stuff like they're not even going to give anyone a disease. Uh, this was also uh, the morning of the pancake breakfast for the uh, Calgary Stampede. And so my dad sees me like, oh, Tara, are you feeling pain? I'm like, yeah, fine. Just don't want to get pancakes? Yeah. And my mom's like, okay, but there's going to be so many people there. Like, they're going to give us weird looks. And my dad says, no, they are going to give us weird looks, but they're also not going to want to get near us. And so <laughs> we marched up to the pancake breakfast. They took one look at me with my whatever I've got going on, and they part, and we go immediately to the front of the pancake line. Weaponizing benign allergic reactions. Yes. For pancakes. Exactly. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, so she kisses this guy who's in the, uh, who has the motto. Mm-hmm. She borrows his germs. Yup. And where does she go then, Charlie? She goes to kiss uh, Finn. If I, yeah, that's his name, Finn. Yes. Mm-hmm. So she can pass on it to him. Yeah. Full yep. tongue kissing. Yup. He seems very confused by what just happened. Because <laughs> I think she walks away and she says something to the effect of like, oh, I just hope I'm not sick with anything because it's probably yeah. very contagious. And he's like, excuse me, what? <laughs> Yeah, like, I hope I don't pass on anything to you. <laughs> After this, we get to go to Puck and Lauren in the library, where he looks he looks very confused by his surroundings, because apparently he's never been in a library before. Which is wild. <laughs> he says some shit about, like, 
oh, Lauren, like, I just think, I just, she's like, you're not wooing me. Where is the presentation? And he's like, but I just think you're so hot with, like, the way you look. And, like, I sang you that song, and she's like, yeah, a song I didn't enjoy being sung to me. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah, and she says something to the effect of, like, I look how America looks. And I'm like, okay, we need Lauren to be a full cast member and for her to have more pathos like this. And she gets up to leave, and then he, like, real quick gets an idea, and then, like, just, like, like gets down on one knee and says, Lauren, and he holds up a ring pop. And he says, <laughs> Can I, he says, will you go on a pre-date with me to breadsticks? And then she's like, but Valentine's Day isn't until later. And he's like, yeah, but that's because our mouths are going to be too busy macking to eat anything on Valentine's Day. And that gets a chuckle out of her. And so she yeah. says yes <laughs> and takes the ring pop. Yeah, take the ring pop. I've, I've never enjoyed ring pops, honestly. I'm not a big, like, like hard candy person. They're real sticky. Yeah, yeah. They, they do get real sticky. <laughs> so, uh, shortly after this, I guess after school, Quinn shows up in the auditorium and Finn's waiting there and she's like, I was praying for the strength not to come because you know that this would be me cheating on Sam, right? The same reason that you broke up with me and the same reason that you broke up with Rachel. Yep. Yep. And his counter-argument is he was hurt because they didn't love him enough to not stray. But if she's cheating on Sam with him, it means that she doesn't love Sam that much, which means maybe she likes him. And Quinn's like, I'm pretty sure I'm in love with Sam, but I don't want to commit to anything until we figure this out. So I'm not dumping him, but I will make out with you. There is, I think this is the scene uh, as well where, I don't remember which one, which one of them it was who says, can you love more than one person? And they were uh-huh, like, uh-huh. Well, eventually you'll have to choose. And I'm just sitting here like, well, <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> we brought the expert on! <laughs> like, what that was, when it was asked, do you think you can love more than one person? I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> it's never going to go there in this show, but yes, the answer is yes. Yeah, I don't think they go around this show, sadly. The, listen, there's there are two wolves inside of me. One of them staunchly believes that teens are not mature enough to handle being in a polycule, and the other That's one true. is saying there are so many problems on Glee that would have been solved with a polycule. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just wanted to point that out because it stuck out to me as someone who is falling over, so I'm like, mm-hmm. you don't have to choose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But with the uh, with the next scene, Blaine and Kurt yep. are once again at the lima bean, and Blaine also hates Valentine's Day again. Mm-hmm. He's never made that big a fool of himself, and he's performed at theme parks. Yep. And then Kurt is like, Blaine, let me tell you the truth, because we've always been honest with each other. Did, did you not realize that all the waxing poetic you did before, and knowing my coffee order, and the meaningful glances we keep exchanging, did, did, have you not noticed that I thought you were going to serenade me for Valentine's Day? And he's like, oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. They're presumably in the Midwest. He could say, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, uh, I, I'm very oblivious to when other people like me. You, you've seen that I'm clearly very bad at romantic stuff. Yeah. But also, mm-hmm. I care about you, but I don't want to ruin what we have by messing it up like I did at the Gap. Mm-hmm. It's very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. 
I can see why, like, one of the biggest ships my friends had back in high school was with these two. I mean, I don't know everything, but this scene is very cute and very sweet, and I really liked it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this, you know, I guess this scene does make me like Clayne a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) It is very true to life in the sense that you only... If you only have so many gay friends, like, you, because you, you start out and you're all just supportive of each other platonically, and you don't want to be the person who makes a move and risks just the whole thing imploding with relationship drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I could, I, I can understand Blaine thinking, Kurt, my only other gay friend, I don't want this to end poorly. I would rather we stay platonic. Yeah. Yeah. Now we and we know they For won't now. obviously because there are only two gays in Ohio, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dang it, they should have saved taking chances for Kurt and Blaine to do a duet with. Mm, perhaps, mayhaps, perhaps the dude. Anyways, the next scene is Puck making out with a married waitress because he got yep. stood up by Lauren. Yeah, and she's like, "It's okay, losers turn me on because my dad was a drug addict." It was weird. Oh and god. <laughs> They didn't pay her enough. Yeah, the whole scene is gross. My favorite part is that our favorite breadsticks waitress is there. And I found out today that her like her real life name, like the actor's name, is uh, Janine Anderson. Good not on spe- you, Janine Not spelled Anderson. the way that our friend Janine's name is, but like... Get that money, Janine. Yeah, <laughs> she's great. I hope you also got a Gap discount. Yes, yes. You deserve it. And so the next day, Mm -hmm. Finn is there, and he looks like he's going to die. And he's like, I've made out with every girl in the school, and I earned $324. And he and Quinn both look super under the weather, because apparently they got hyper mono. (laughs) And while they're uh, passing away in the background, Tina attempts to sing (laughs) My Funny Valentine. Yeah. But she can't do it. She gets too upset. She loves him so much. I had to put it on mute because I felt so bad for Jenna Oshkowitz. I mean, at least she gets to act. Mm-hmm. Also, this is a very true-to-real-life high school choir experience. Fair. Yeah. But what I remember about choir. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, uh, that's when Finn and Quinn are like, hey, we're going to die. Can we leave? And Santana's like, Hmm, fascinating. The two of you both seem to be exhibiting all of this, the symptoms of mononucleosis, also known as the kissing disease. And Finn's been kissing everyone on the cheek, which is weird because the best way to transfer mono is with tongue. <sighs> Santana. Sam's like, but I saw them kiss. It was just like a peck. What do you mean, Santana? She has planted the seeds, probably. <sighs> she, she has schemes. She has plans. She mm-hmm. is a tangled web of irons in the fire. Yep. Yep. So, in the nurse's office, the nurse is like, I've called both your moms, stop kissing each other. Mm-hmm. It's a funny shot, because there's a point at which they're, like, shot from above, and, like, <laughs> Cory Monteith's legs are just sticking so far off the edge of the exam <laughs> table that they're on. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, Quinn is like, I think the universe is sending me a sign, and Finn is like, no, it's not, we should keep seeing each other. I like you. Yeah. <sighs> Honey. And Quinn does point out that he clearly has feelings for Rachel still, because when he's not looking at her, he's looking at Rachel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Finn's like, uh, I don't know what to do with that information. I have mono. <laughs> yeah. So then cut over to Puck, and mm-hmm. he's like, hello, Lauren Zeises. He's very cool to her. 
Yeah. Uh, she's like, oh, right. We were supposed to have a date last night. Uh, I have better things to do. And Puck is like, I've done everything for you. I like you so much because you're the only person who's cooler than I am. Mm-hmm. And that's when Lauren is finally like, listen, I like you too. I used to think you were a fox, but that was just because I thought you were more jacked than you were. You're actually kind of scrawny. I also used to think you were mixed race, but I guess you're just like really tan. Yeah! <laughs> that was a weird line. Yeah. She was like, I thought you were mixed race and I was really into that. I'm like, mm. I blame Ryan Murphy. You know, and here, the silver lining of this is that they didn't go further. Like, that was just a funny one-line joke. I did yeah. once read a fanfic where, amongst other things, Puck is able to get back with Lauren when he checks his family tree and finds out that he's 116th Native American. Oh and he's like, guess God. what? I really was mixed race. And the author was like, this is funny teens. So that's that's why Glee oh is bad, is because it encourages bad fanfiction. Yes. Oh my God. That's awful. It's terrible. Anyways, but but Lauren is like, I maybe I will date you, but I want something serious, and you have to commit. And Puck's like, I'm committed. Let's go to Breadsticks as friends, and we'll see what happens. And Lauren's like, fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then back with Finn in his mono-induced haze. Mm-hmm. Rachel's nursing him back to health, I guess. She puts yes. a cold compress on his forehead, and then she's like, Finn, do you really think that Quinn's prettier than me? What did it feel like kissing Quinn? She's so much prettier than me. I know she's prettier than me. She's so pretty. <laughs> Bisexuals. Everywhere, everywhere you turn. Yeah. <laughs> they walk among us. <sighs> These disasters. <laughs> and Rachel is like, she's trying to like talk to Finn about like, are you more interested in Quinn or are you more interested in me? And he's like, I have mono. I have hyper mono. Can we not talk about this right now? <laughs> and then she's like, "No, you've inspired me to. You've inspired my song choice for this week's episode." Yeah, because he said that kissing Quinn was like fireworks. Yeah, I was not expecting you to start singing fireworks <laughs> as her song. I'm like, oh, she's gonna sing a song about like self love. Okay, I get it. And then she starts singing fireworks, and I'm like, yeah, okay. I guess it was a popular song when this was out. Yeah, I mean, technically, fireworks is a song about self love, but it's yeah, like, it is. I ex- I expected it to be used for something more dramatic than just Rachel enjoying being single. Yeah. yeah. Like it it feels like a waste of the themes. Especially like I I feel like I feel like fireworks are just built in a lab for to be covered by glee. Um but also Probably, yes. it's a waste because Lee and Michelle can't fucking sing it. Yeah. It's it's, it's not it's not special. Good. It's not good. And I mean uh, I will say that Katy Perry isn't is also not a great singer and like you can't yeah. watch her live performances. You have to listen to the like uh, album recordings because they're actually like post-producted. Po- post-producted. They're they're produced strong enough so that they sound like good music. But mm-hmm. Leah Michelle, who's already kind of on the fence when it comes to any pop song she tries, she cannot sing "Firework." Yeah, yeah, I agree. It only starts sounding good when the other girls join in. I'm sitting here like, oh, I would have. Li- it would have worked mm-hmm. better if Mercedes sang this after the slumber party. Gosh, that would have been so good. Yeah. Amber Riley needs to sing more. Yes. Just another instance of when Amber Riley should have uh, nuked Rachel from orbit. 
Mercedes and Lauren team up to drop dual people's elbows on Rachel. Exactly. <laughs> and Rachel sings her way all the way to Breadsticks, where she gets a table mm-hmm. for one. Yep. But then her friends are there, and they're like, no, we're here too. Yep. And they're all there because it's the Lonely Hearts Club dinner at Breadsticks organized by Kurt, specifically for people who I guess don't want to be by themselves. Yeah, he yeah. says he says whether you are single with hope or madly in love and only here because I force you to come out and support me. <laughs> <Very good. laughs> yeah, that was good. But to all the singles out there, this is our year. Mm-hmm. And then they sing silly love songs and it's very cute. Yeah. I extremely yeah. like the arrangement because it is the Warbler, so it's acapella. Mm-hmm. It is a very good song. Yeah. It's it's very cute because, like, all the main Glee kids are there, except for Finn and Quinn, who are probably home in a nest of tissues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, Puck and Lauren are there on a date, and, like, Tina and Mike are there on a date, and Artie and Brittany are there on a date, and Santana and Sam are stag. And, like, <laughs> they've sat Santana, so she's on, she's on, like, a, she's on the opposite side of a dividing wall. From the table with Rachel, Mercedes, Tina, and Mike. <laughs> it's like, no, you go on the shame side of the wall, Santana. <laughs> and also, because there, there's a part where, like, there's a part in the song where they sing, like, oh, like, love doesn't come in a minute, sometimes it doesn't come at all. And Blaine sings that directly to Santana, who is like, excuse me, what the fuck? Yeah. And Rachel is like, oh no, we told him too much. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But it's good. But then, near the end of the song, Santana and Sam exchange a meaningful glance, TM. Yes. Yeah, she's like, hey, I indirectly gave your girlfriend mono. <laughs> <laughs> not directly. Not yet. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah, from what I knew about this show, I know that she eventually starts dating one or the other girl. Yeah, so Santana and Brittany become an item. They're kind of already yeah. an item, but it's like... Santana can't commit and she's still deep in the closet and Brittany uh, is just actually I think it's canonical that Brittany is not smart enough to realize that if she is seeing Santana and Artie at the same time she's cheating yes Brittany would be fine with the polycule oh yeah oh yeah but anyways that was the episode we did it y'all we finished the episode hell yeah (laughs) were the love songs sufficiently silly hmm (laughs) no Which songs would have made it uh, truly worthy of the title of Silly Love Songs, Charlie? I'm curious. Oh, oh, <laughs> all this pressure. Uh, I think more like, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but like any like sillier, like more playful, fun love songs. Mm-hmm. You know? If you were gay from Avenue Q. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the love songs I listen to are sad. I can't, I can't give you anything. <laughs> Off the top of my head, the one that came to me was like, L is for oh, the way you look one. at me. Because then they could have done a whole fun thing with that. Like, yes. like they could have had a dance number. And, like the last song, which I think is called Silly Love Songs, was yeah, yeah. submission. I think more of that would have made it sillier. Mm-hmm. The love songs weren't bad. The only one I didn't think really fit was uh, Fireworks. <laughs> 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 yeah. It just felt like a weird yeah. choice to me. Yeah. Do they do Miss Independent? No, they did not ever. Hmm. I mean, I'm glad. Th- I I hope that Kelly. I hope that it's because Kelly Clarkson put her foot down. 
<laughs> no, oh no, they've they have done plenty of other Kelly Clarkson songs before. Oh yeah, I forgot they do Stronger at some point. They do Stronger. They do Dark Side. And I want to say they do one more. But that's for the future. That's for that's a future problem. Yes. Our problem tonight is Charlie, we have to ask you, what song do you want to give a gold star to? Oh, what song? Hmm. Let me think. I think uh I don't remember the name of it, but I think I would give it to the one that uh, Artie sang. Oh, PYT. Pretty Young Thing. Yeah. That was fun. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, that's fair. It, it was a fun song. It was a good song. What about you, Tanner? Oh, I was going to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> I can go first then. You can go ahead. I, I do think I have to give mine two silly love songs just because it was so fun. Mm-hmm. I... See, almost all the songs were sung well. Like, even when I get you alone, mm-hmm. like I said, in a vacuum, it's a really good mm-hmm. arrangement. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I think I will also say Silly Love Songs. It was, I, I was looking at the, actually like the YouTube video, because fun fact, the Glee Wiki has a whole bunch of like, cut, like different versions listed on each song's uh, article, which includes like the acapella versions. Which is mostly just made by stripping out everything except for the lead vocals. And someone was like, oh, the audio quality on this version you made by stripping away everything except for lead vocals is so bad. I'm like, yeah, it's because you probably noise canceled it to hell and back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like it was made by a fan and not by the professionals who were doing the mixing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And now, Charlie, what is a non-musical moment that you want to give a gold star to? I think I want to give it to the uh, the Kurt and Blaine scene uh, when Kurt was like, "Hey, I thought that you liked me." Aww, because it was just it was just a, it was such a sweet, nice scene. Like it just yeah, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> and it's also relatable because sometimes I'm like, sometimes I'm blamed, sometimes I'm Kurt, sometimes I'm like, I thought she, <laughs> there was something going on. Sometimes I'm like, what do you mean you liked me? What do you mean? <laughs> uh, Christina, what's your gold star? Lauren Zeissy's kicking the absolute shit out of Santana when Santana tried to step to the throne. <laughs> Santana said, I can try. And, and Lawrence said, you can try. <laughs> um, and then my favorite part was yeah. Santana's whole mono scheme, because it truly serves no purpose other than pure spite. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, what's yeah. better than that? <laughs> Being in a crisis. <laughs> Dying your hair blonde. <laughs> But now, now it is slushy time. Charlie, yes. what is something that you want to hit? Something from this episode you just want to slam a slushy at? I feel like it's definitely just like this, either the scene where, I'm trying to remember characters' names, Puck was making out with the waitress, because that was just, I don't know, I didn't feel oh, necessary God, yeah. at all. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm just going to give it to that scene, actually. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely valid. Yeah, I also agree with that, actually. I'm going to pick that for my slushy. Mm-hmm. How about yourself, Christina? I think I have to give it to the premise of when I get you alone. Like, the fact that they were like, oh, yes, it's totally okay for us to for us to approach this guy at his place of work yeah. where he where he cannot where he cannot leave the premises. And then the fact that Jeremiah ended up getting fired because Blaine just 
Wayne just couldn't contain a musical number any longer. It was, <laughs> it, it was oh gosh, it was just terrible. See, yeah. see, that's pretty bad. But see, there, what saves it for me is just that it's in character. We've seen Blaine disregard, you know, societal norms before. Whereas the the waitress scene, which is also really bad, mm-hmm. but the the thing that pushes it over the edge, just the cherry on top of all the uncomfortable shit, is that it doesn't make sense. Because this whole episode, we're thinking about how Puck is completely enamored and smitten with Lauren, and he yeah. can't see anyone else. But then we cut to him making out with the waitress. And yes, yeah. the, 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 yeah. the fact that he is clearly yeah. underage and she's clearly not is also pretty bad. Like, extremely yeah. bad. <laughs> but it's true. like, yeah. you, you started from a stupid point and you just kept going worse. Yeah. I, I, agree, with, I agree with what you both are saying. <laughs> I just I, I want to cover the I want to cover more ground yeah. for things that yeah, were absolutely yeah about I mean, this listen, episode. The, the honorable mention is literally everything Rachel does in this episode, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yes, which is parlor course. The the only thing Rachel did that was good were some of her reaction shots. <laughs> All right, Charlie, thank you for being here today. No, thank you for having me here. It was a lot of fun. I think out of all the Glee episodes I could watch, this is probably this wasn't too bad. I think <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed the mess and the and the the cuteness of some of the scenes. If you would like to watch more, we can recommend some to you. <laughs> all right. This was I'm not gonna say it was as good as last week, but it was a pretty strong episode. It was a simple episode. I didn't have to pause it a lot to like unpack the many layers of concern I had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would just easily be able to go like, this happens, and then this happens, and then Finn is getting me <laughs> real hot and bothered, and then this happens. <laughs> All right, on that note, oh, Christina, you get to sing us out. Uh, no, actually, first off, because we have a guest, Charlie. Oh, right, yes. Char- Charlie does things, I forgot. <laughs> the yeah, other, yeah. The other reason to come on a podcast, networking. <laughs> yes, yes. Would you like to tell the podcast listeners where you would like to be found on the internet? What things you have that you would like to promote and or shout out? Yes, I would love to. If you want to find me, you can find me at Twitter, on Twitter, at Magical underscore Pride. And if you want to go listen to the things I do, you can go listen to uh, Pre-Pod Engage. Uh, well, Pretty Cure... Pre- Wait, hold on a sec. What is the full name of my podcast? <laughs> Precure Podcast Engage. It's Pretty Cure Podcast Engage, where me and my lovely fiancé talk about the entire Pretty Cure franchise. We're on Max Heart right now, which is the second season. And you can find that Pre-Pod Engage on Twitter. Or you can go listen to Otherware, Otherware Pod, where I play Phantom the Brain. And this is the first time I am saying Phantom the Brain, because this is the first time I'm bringing up that I changed Phantom's playbook. Oh, snap. Post-season Ooh. one. So now Phantom's the Brain, and if you don't know what that means, it... Well, it means Phantom's gonna do some really fucked up shit <laughs> and pay the consequences of it, which should be Excellent. fun. And you can go listen to Breathing Space Fading Frontier, which is a space audio drama podcast uh, anthology. Ooh. So each episode is a different little story. And I was in episode, I believe it's episode six, uh, Wayfaring Strangers, where I was in one of the stories. But you should go listen to the entire thing because it's good. And next season, I will be writing an episode for it. So you should absolutely go listen. Oh, congrats. So you can hear people say words I write. (laughs) (laughs) And I believe that's everything I do. Awesome. 
Okay, Christina, now you can sing us out. Loser Like Me is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. We can be heard on your local podcasting platform of choice, and if we aren't there, let us know and we'll work on getting there. We can be found at Loser Like Me Pod on Twitter and through loserlikemepod at gmail.com. Uh, next time, I don't remember what we're... I don't remember what the episode's gonna be on, but I think we're supposed to have a guest Bieber, next time. Bieber fever, Bieber fever, Bieber fever, Bieber fever, Bieber fever, Bieber fever. Good thing I'm not gonna be on that episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will. Uh, we'll have to deal with that next time. But until then, and Charlie, this is the part where we say, "And that's what you missed on Glee." Okay. I'll count us in. <laughs> yes. Three, two, one. And, and that's, that's what you what missed, you missed on Lee. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff the show, Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out why we love this show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening. You're listening to loser like me. Loser like me Loser like me